Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. My name is Jacob Hudson. I've been coming to Celebration Church for about nine years. Music is a passion of mine because it gives me the opportunity to express myself regardless of a genre or regardless of whatever instrument I get to play with. I work at a recording studio in Murray Hill where I record musicians and bands that come in with different projects and albums. With Celebration, I serve in the worship department and I'm able to use a lot of my talents that I've grown outside in my recording studio or in my personal music to help create an experience on Sunday mornings through playing drums or keys or leading the band or working with other musicians on a weekly basis. With Celebration, I was able to see that it wasn't about my personal growth as a musician as much as growing the people I was involved with and without Celebration being the catalyst for my development and discipleship and growing with the church community and growing to serve others, I wouldn't be able to be as selfless with my music and to be as compassionate towards others that are trying to grow at the rate that I am. I love my church because it's not just about using my gifts or my talents on a Sunday morning, but it's also about bettering the community and bettering the city of Jacksonville to help create an experience on a Sunday morning where people can encounter God. Yes, yes, yes. I do love my church and I hope that you love your church. Come on, let's welcome in. Let's welcome in Orange Park, St. John's. Everyone watching online. All of our locations today, we are so glad that you're with us. And I'm so fired up about kicking off this series called I Love My Church. And what we want to do in this series is we want to give you a lot of the why behind the what. Why we do things the way we do here at Celebration. We're going to talk about our calling and, and our church's unique calling that we believe from God. We're going to talk about our culture, what, what, what makes celebration celebration and, and why it's, it's important to God that, that we have that kind of, uh, I, I would call it uh, ministry DNA that he's given us. And then we're going to talk about our commission, our, our mission. We know that our mission, we're leading people to experience a God first life, but we're going to unpack that. And so what I'm hoping today is that you see the beauty of the local church that you understand that every single church has a unique DNA and, and, and even though we share in the mission, okay, which is the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples, however, every church is unique. That's why we see in the book of Revelations, there's, there's seven uh, different letters to seven different churches. There wasn't you know, a one letter or a one size fits all. And so I'm hoping today as we dive into kind of our, our calling. We're gonna kind of look at the, the first part of this and we're gonna go all the way through the month of August. Come on, I'm gonna take you all the way to the kickoff of college football season. How about that, okay? That's right. That's right, before everyone starts getting all emotional and depressed on Sunday morning. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get this into you. I wanna read you a passage of scripture here. 
Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. That rock he's talking about is Peter's revelation that Jesus is Lord. And that's what we're all about here at Celebration. This, this, our, our, our rock is Jesus is Lord. It's all for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I hope that you sense that if you come to Celebration, if you go uh, uh, or if you're involved in Celebration, we always want to keep this thing about Jesus. You know, our, our, the very name, Celebration Church, it's not that we're celebrating ourselves or we're celebrating life or anything like that. Man, sometimes life can be very painful. Sometimes life is very disturbing. We're here to celebrate Jesus and God's goodness. Come on, because no matter what, no matter how this world is going, our true home is not here, it's with God in heaven. And so, so what we hope to see here at Celebration, we're the house of God, we're God's home, right? We want a church that looks like heaven, that emulates just a, in a tiny droplet of a way, heaven. And so, so Jesus says, look, on this rock, Jesus says, Lord, I will build my church. Everybody say, my church. It's my church. Jesus says, this is my church. It's, it's possessive. And you will not understand or receive or experience the real benefits of church until you can say this same thing. I don't go to that church or it's a church or it's the church. No, it's, it's my church. This is my church. I'm building what Jesus is building. Jesus is Lord of my life and I have a part to play in it. And that's what he says here. He says, and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. I'm gonna play my part in advancing the lordship of Jesus on the earth that he does through the local church. Now let me read you, now I want you to go to the book of Acts. Book of Acts chapter 26. And uh, I'm gonna read through it real quickly and then we're gonna unpack this on the screen here. But this is Paul's defense to King Agrippa. And man, in this testimony, in this story that we have from Paul, we can, we can really see a lot about our calling as a church. Now you know that, that Paul was called as an apostle. And so he's planting churches. And really what he's saying here is he's kind of given uh, 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 an overlook of, of what his churches, what he and his churches are called to do and how they're called to do it. And I believe there's, I mean, we've just adopted this. I mean, I mean, our, our culture, our calling is biblical. It's, it's, it's so similar to what the Apostle Paul's talking about here in Acts 26. I'm gonna begin reading in verse 12. He's making a defense to King Agrippa. And he says, one day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priest. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down. I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Let me paraphrase that for people here today that Jesus is not Lord of your life. Listen, it is useless for you to try to find happiness and fulfillment as long as you're fighting against God's will. You won't find it. It's not out there. You're only whole and complete in Christ because you were made to have a relationship with him. Verse 15, who are you, Lord, I asked. 
And the Lord replied, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I've appeared to you and for I've appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. You're to tell the world what you have seen and I will and what I will show you in the future, and I will rescue you both from your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God. I wanna talk to you about activating God's purpose and power in your life. And I've just entitled this message, Our Calling. It's our calling, it's my calling, it's your calling, it's, it's the calling of our church here at Celebration. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, for these next 30 minutes or so, Lord, I just pray for hungry hearts, for attentive minds, Lord. It's so important. We, we can't understand who we are and our purpose until we understand, God, who you are and the calling that you have on our lives. You have a call on every individual here and you have a call on us corporately as a church, God. And we're excited about that. So we lean in today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So here's what Paul's doing. He's, he's unpacking this here to King Agrippa. And he's talking about basically his calling and, and the calling on his churches and the calling on the church. I would say this calling is on our church here at Celebration, this same calling. And what he's doing here, he's kind of unfolding a process and you might have heard of these three words before. I want to put them on the screen here. There, there, there's, there's three words that you hear a lot in church about, you know, coming into the Christian life and, and experiencing God. And it's these three words. It's repentance. Everybody say repentance. That's what he just said there in verse 20, right? He said that all must repent of their sins and turn to God. Look at this. Repentance. When you come into God's kingdom... His, you're, you're saved, a relationship with Jesus, and, and you have a place in his church, okay, there's, there's repentance. That's changing one's mind. Some of you today, this is, this is your responsibility. God's drawing you, but you haven't been living for God. Listen, you need to repent today. You need to change your mind. You need to change your mind about your life. You need to change your mind about a relationship with God. You need to change your mind. And if you change your mind, two really awesome, supernatural, powerful things happen in your life. When, you when there's repentance, that leads to regeneration. Everybody say regeneration. That's when God changes your heart. This is what the Bible talks about when you're born again. Just as you were born naturally or physically, now you're born spiritually. That he gives you a new heart that's, that's after him. There's a change from the inside out. The Holy Spirit comes into your life and there's actually, uh, God lives in you, Christ in you through the Holy Spirit. This is the miracle of regeneration. And what also happens in that is you're redeemed or there is redemption. Uh, redemption is how God has changed. This is the best. And this is where we're leading. He's changed your state. Come on. You've gone from darkness to light. You've gone from eternally separated from God 
to having eternal, eternal life and living with God forever. You've gone from, from being in darkness and in the world and being influenced by the enemy. Come on, you've come into the kingdom of light. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. And right here, look, this is what happens in the church. And this is what happens when we get into what we talk about kind of like, like our our strategy or methodology for Sunday morning and for, the, and for contact point of our ministries here at Celebration. Here's what we wanna see. We wanna see repentance so that God can do regeneration and redemption in people's lives. See, watch this. So we've gotta set things up for this part, right? And then God can do his part. And actually what we're gonna find out here in Acts chapter 26, Paul basically spells out kind of a, 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 a protocol here for how to see this happen in a person. Okay, so let's go back. I wanna just kind of go back. Let's start in verse 15, and let me unpack a few things for you. 15, who are you, Lord? I asked, and the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Keep going, now look. Now get to your feet, I love this, for I have appeared to you to appoint you. I just wanna let you know that, that, that whether you're, 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 you're far from God and you've come here or whether you've been walking with God for the last 20 years, I wanna let you know that every time that we come together to experience Jesus, because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Jesus doesn't appear to us just to make us feel good, even though it does feel good. Jesus appears so that he can appoint. I, let me put it this way. Jesus appears to us so that he can speak to us, so that he can encourage us in the purpose that he has for our lives. Day in, day out, every single Sunday, every single service, if you will come in here wanting to experience Jesus, I'm telling you that you will hear from God and God will encourage you and speak to you according to his purpose for your life or the appointment that he has for your life. He says, I've appeared and poured to you, look, how does this play out? As my servant and witness. Everybody say servant. It's interesting, the Greek word for servant is the same used, that, have you ever seen those, those old battleships where in the kind of the underbelly of the ship, people would row the battleship? How many of y'all seen movies like that? You know, I'm talking, there'd be someone there say, you know, heave, and they, 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 something like that, heave, I don't know, row, get to work, what, what, I don't know, something like that. And they would, they, they would row. What happens is there's a battleship going to war to bring victory for their kingdom that's the picture. Listen, listen, church, when uh, the thousands and thousands and thousands of celebrationers were out there serving a couple of Saturdays ago or for the thousands in our church that serve monthly or weekly in an outreach or on a serving team, I wanna let you know that you are moving the kingdom of God forward for your kingdom. You're rowing, you're rowing that boat. But we're a battleship. We're not like a, you know, Recreational set, it's, it's not, you know, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. <laughs> merely, 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 life is but a dream. No, it's not. 
have joy, we have peace, but it, you don't have to look out in our world too far to see pain and destruction and what the enemy is doing in people's lives. I hope I have some people that are ready to row, row the boat this fall. So that's why serving, look, do you see where your purpose, serving is part of your purpose? Okay, now look at this, servant and a witness. So you're a witness, now think about this. If you're in a courtroom, what does a witness do? We call the witness to the stand. Kinda sounds like a judge, doesn't it? We call the witness to the stand. And a witness, what does a witness do? A witness bears testimony to what they've seen, heard, or personally experienced. That's all a witness does. A witness is not the attorney. A witness is not the judge. Are you following me? Too many times the church tries to be an attorney. The church tries to be a judge. I wanna let you know right now, Celebration Church, we are a judge-free zone. We're not called to judge. We're not called to judge. You know what we are? We're, we're witnesses. We're just telling you what Jesus has done in our life. We're, we're, we're telling you what Jesus says. We're, we're telling you what we've seen with our spiritual eyes, what we've experienced. We're called to be witnesses. We're not the light. Jesus is the light. His revelation says we're the, we're the candle stand, so to speak, that holds up the light. Servant and witness, I like this. Look, you are to tell the world what you have seen. So it's celebration. Why do we have churches in Zimbabwe? Why do we have global outreaches? Why do we have a church in Northern Ireland? Why are, are we gonna plant more uh, global churches? Why? Because I'm just telling you, like Paul, not every church, but our church, we've received a call from God to what? To tell the world. We didn't just say, oh, we're gonna be worldwide and we're gonna be global this and we're gonna be global that. No, you know what's happened? We've been, we've been here for 16 years now and these things have just happened as we followed God's plan and purpose, that appointment for, for our lives and for our church and what we see now, wait till I tell you where our next global church is gonna be. You're gonna be, you're gonna be fired up. That's all I wanna tell you. But, but we understand that, that that we do, we, we're, we're a local church with a global expression. We're a local church with a global expression. He says, tell the world what you've seen and what I will show you in the future. Okay, watch this. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. <laughs> I like this, because Paul was a Jew. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus just wants to make sure he heard this correctly. Yes, I'm calling you to the Gentiles. You know, Paul was a Jew, he was religious, all that kind of stuff, so I'm sure when he said, you know, I'll rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles, well, what, what am I gonna be doing around all those Gentiles? Yes, I'm calling you to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The non-religious, the lost, those far from God. Those who really didn't understand God. Listen, church, we are called to the Gentiles. Now, we, we have a messianic service. Follow what I'm saying here. It's not non-Jews. I'm saying we are called, like Paul, to those who are far from God, to those who are not religious, 
To those who don't understand, listen, religious people don't do well in our church anyway. I'm preaching in a t-shirt and tennis shoes. But I might be preaching in a suit and tie next week. I, I gotta keep y'all guessing here at church. You never know. But here's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is look, religion in the form of, 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 you know, Jesus didn't die for religion. Jesus died for people. And so what happens is when the church begins to put man-made traditions and things that are actually barriers for people to get to God. Come on, how many of you know what I'm, what I'm talking about? They're, they're barriers. They're, now, they're, they, they might have a, even a, a, a good purpose or a function. Some people might like those things, but if, if you might say, why didn't Celebration Church do this, or why don't we have that? If you would look at it from the filter of someone far from God who doesn't understand God and ask yourself, well, would that be more of a barrier or would it be more of a help for getting people to God? Do you see? It's not that I don't like more orthodoxy. We took communion here today as a church family. And there's times and seasons when we have liturgy and some liturgy and, and, and things like that. But what I'm telling you, our primary filter, our primary calling is to the lost, the hurting, those far from God, those who don't understand God. And we don't want to have any barriers in our church that would, that would be a hindrance for people coming to Jesus. Okay, look, I'm, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Look what he says here. Here's the next thing. Oh, I love this. To open their eyes. Come on, fist bump your neighbor. Say, open your eyes. Open your, I'll just, I did that just in case somebody's sleeping in here. I thought this would be a, a way you could wake them up and not offend them. It's like part of the message. Open your eyes. I love my church. You wanna know one of the things I love about my church, one of the things I love about our church, just like God told the Apostle Paul, we're an open your eyes church. We're an open your eyes church. You wanna know why we do Sundays the way we do? You wanna know why we create relevant atmospheres and attractive environments? You know why we wanna do things with excellence? Do you know why there, there's even, why we, we, the way that we do the light so that people can feel more intimacy and not feel like everybody's looking at them? You know why we uh, uh, spend so much energy and resources on kids and on riot and all those things? Because we wanna be a place where when the lost come in, they come in and like the Queen of Sheba, they're like, wow. Wow, I didn't know that worshiping God could be like this. I didn't know. Oh, come on, you can clap better than that. I didn't. I didn't know that, that you could experience God like this for our kids. I didn't know that serving Jesus could be this much fun. 
We believe, why do we do big events? Why do we do the big serve day? Why, you know, we're going out, or one of the reasons, we got there, you know, we're, we're opening the eyes of our city, of our communities. Wow, who are all these people in the blue shirts? Well, we're open here. Why do we do men's conference and shine and art and all those kind of things, those big events and put on? Why? Because people come in and their eyes are, oh, wow. Now, there's a natural component to that. There's a, there's a strategy. There's excellence. I didn't say perfection. There's excellence. There's things like that. You'd be surprised how many things that we do with excellence that are very inexpensive. You'd be shocked how much of this building is held together by duct tape. <laughs> it's not. Our old building was, but this one didn't. OP, your building is really held together by duct tape, but you're about to get a new campus, all right? So. Can I say that? Did you know this? Did you know, did you know that this arena was in a church magazine? And they were saying that this is the most cost-effective church sanctuary that has been built yet to this date, according to their research. Why? We're not high gloss. We're not trying to impress anybody. You know what we're trying to do? We are just trying to provide attractive atmospheres and relevant environments where people can come in and there's no barriers. There's no hindrance to God. It's a judgment-free zone and they can come in and their eyes, and God can open their eyes. They're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know church could be like this. I thought church was boring. Or the last church I went to, I felt judged. I didn't know there was a church that this many of diverse people could all fit in. I, I, I didn't know that church, when those eyes are open, guess what? That heart starts to turn. And that's where it, go, that's where it goes. So here's where we're going to see. Remember that whole repentance, regeneration, restoration. Here's that process right here. It says, so that they may turn from darkness to light, that they may turn from darkness to light. Okay, look, look. there's, there's repentance. Listen, we don't do all this just so we can have great sound and music and all this kind of stuff. No, we do this. We, we create a habitat for God, for his presence to come down where the word can be anointed. Guess what? So people can come to their senses and say, man, regardless of what I've heard out there and regardless of you know, what my friends are saying or the media or whatever, like, wow, God, this, is, this is real. God is here. Maybe I need to change my mind about what I've been thinking about a relationship with Jesus. Maybe I need to change my mind. So here's what, this is why, open in your eyes, this is why all this is so important. Watch this. When people, you can write this down if you want to. So important to why we do church the way we do. When people see the nature of Jesus, when they can see the nature, see people, how good God is, and worshiping God, and joy, and, 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 and man, the church for these people is a want to, not a have to. When people can see the nature of Jesus, they will immediately sense their need for Jesus. When they see the nature 
or experience the nature of Jesus, they will immediately sense their need for Jesus. You know what that's called? Conviction. That's conviction. That's when all of a sudden people sense this need. Man, I, 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 I do. I need a relationship with God. Jesus does need to be first in my life. I, I want to know this Jesus who loves me, who died for me. And here's, here's what begins to happen, okay? So it goes from darkness to light. And look at this. From the power of Satan to God, another thing about our church and another thing I wanna remind you, okay, when you bring your friends and family, listen, it doesn't matter where people come from. It doesn't matter what people have done. Do you understand when you get them into church or when you witness to them, when you bring out the word of God, do you understand we have the power of God on our side? This is not just some philosophical worldview of something and people sit out there and contemplate, well, you know, should I adopt this philosophical worldview over my previous philosophical worldview? No, you know what we have on our side? I mean, that could be going on in the natural, but listen, you know what's going on in the unseen? The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is drawing them to Jesus, is convicting their heart. Listen, we have the power of God. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter one, verse 16, I'm not a ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. How do people get saved? By God's power. The gospel has power. It doesn't matter what kind of person is in this audience today. I'm telling you, the power of God can reach them. The power of God can set them free. The power of God can change their minds. There's a power here. Come on, somebody shout power. There's a power here. Why do we believe in the Holy Spirit? Why do we have, have, have encounter nights and things like that? Well, the way we do Sunday services, look, we're not here to sing about God. We're here to experience the presence of God. We're not here just to learn about God, which is very important, but it's not just learning. It's also experiencing the power of God. I'm telling you that when the sun sets you free, you can be free indeed. And the, let's not forget, church, that there is a power to our message. Paul said, Paul said it this way, I didn't come to you, come on, I'm sweating, I got elbow sweat going on. He's like, he's preaching now, he got his elbow sweat happening. I must be getting old, elbow sweat. I don't think I've ever sweat out my elbow. Paul said it this way, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquent words, but when it, with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. I'm telling you, the power of God is here to save you, to heal you, to free you. The power of the gospel is here. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? All right. This is what I love. Look at this. This isn't underlined, but it should be. Then, everybody say then. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins. That should be underlined 
to see my Did you notice, did you notice that then they will see forgiveness of sins? In other words, after these things, they're gonna be in a place where they can totally surrender to Jesus and receive forgiveness for their sins. After what? After their eyes are opened. After God begins to turn their hearts after God begins to bring his power when they're believing in the word so that they can be born again. Do you see what I'm saying? There, there's a process in the context of church to how you reach people with salvation or forgiveness of sins. Jesus didn't say, hey, Paul, I'm calling you to the Gentiles so that they can see, receive forgiveness of sins. He said, no, Paul, understand the process. I'm calling you to the unchurch to open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light, the power of Satan to God, then, everybody say then, then they will receive forgiveness for their sins. Church, listen, I want you to love your church. I want you to know that your church is following the biblical order of repentance, regeneration, and redemption. Could somebody give a hand clap? Well, all that church does is get a bunch of people saved. They don't, they don't disciple people. Just wait till next week. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can't make disciples on a large scale if you don't understand this right here and that there is a process if you're called to really reach people, lost people, messed up people, you're called to really reach people, not religious people. We're glad if you're one of those religious people, we just need you to get saved. <laughs> you know why? Because if you don't, you're gonna be offended at the first time so-and-so walks down to this altar, someone that, ain't, that hasn't ever been in a church, that doesn't dress like you, that doesn't look like you. Mm. Well, doesn't this, doesn't this church believe in holiness? Yes, but people can't act like a Christian until they are a Christian. What are you doing? What a profound doctrine. It's, it's, it's this, so our services, our events, what we call our front door ministries, I'm trying to show you here, there is a biblical methodology and principles that we're operating on to see repentance, regeneration, and redemption happen in someone's lives. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Now, okay, here's where I'm landing this plane, okay, look. But it doesn't stop there. Here's what we're gonna get into. Here's where discipleship begins. But before discipleship begins, there's one more thing. Look, forgiveness of their sins, look. And be given a place among God's people who are set apart, sanctified, set apart by faith 
in me. Look, given a place among God's people. This is in my God First Life book. book. It's very, very important when you understand your position in Christ, your place in Christ, okay? There's, 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 your place in Christ is both positional and functional. Positional, you're translated from darkness to light, right? You're a child of God. It's the grace of God. It's free, nothing can ever change that. God loves you no matter what. That's just positionally who you are in Christ. That's positional, but there's also a place in God's family that's functional. And it's that place that activates the purpose, power, and protection that God has for your life. Okay, now, how many of you, how many of you get frustrated? How many of you lose things around the house? Anybody lose? I'm the worst. I'm the worst. My wife's like, you're the worst. I'm the worst at coming in and putting things somewhere and then, and then not being able to find them. And finally, I realized this. This was gonna happen for the rest of my life unless what? Everything had a place. Given a, what does Jesus say? Given a place, look, among God's people, there's a place for you in your local church now watch this, go back to my analogy at my house. The thing is, so I, I realize that my wife helped me a lot, okay? She put a bowl over here and a tray over here and a notes over here. And she's got the, the whole house set up. This is your place. I feel like I'm like in third grade. This is where you put your keys. See this gigantic bowl as soon as you walk in the bedroom door? Your keys and your wallet go here. I lost them both two days later. <laughs> but here's what I realized, watch. If something doesn't have its place, I can't use it. Follow me here. I can't use it. All those things have a purpose, but unless they're in their place, I can't get to them where I can use them. You know, there's actually a closet in our house and it's for the, all the things that have no place. <laughs> we keep the door to that closet closed. <laughs> but what, they don't have a, so they're just, they're kind of pushed off to the side. Listen, God, God has not called anyone to be pushed off into a closet. But if God's gonna use you, I can't use things if, I, if they don't have their place. I can't find them, I can't get them. Listen, listen. God wants to use you, but to use you, you have to find your place among God's people. There's a place for you. There's a place, watch. And so I know this is gonna be a shock to some of you, but that place is not the chair that you're sitting in. It's among God's people. It's in the life of the church. It's in the vibrancy of the life of God in a local church. It's, it's being on a serving team. It's, it's getting in a group. 
It's being part of a, of, of a missions trip at some point this year. In other words, that you have a place where you can contribute. Have you ever thought about this? Think about this. Remember the parable of the lost sheep? Remember, that was a lost sheep. It wasn't a goat. It was a sheep. That person was in God's fold, in the church. Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church, his sheep. When that sheep didn't have a place in the flock, I'm feeling the sweat coming on my elbow. I got to wrap up. Watch. What did Jesus do? He immediately left the 99 to go after that sheep. You know why he immediately, why I believe he so quickly went after that sheep? Because it was just a matter of time before a predator was gonna devour that sheep because it was out there on its own. See, there's, there's, there's safety in the flock. There's God's protection in the flock. When you're, if you're out there isolated, it's just a matter of time before you get picked off. The devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How does he begin to mess with people, devour people? He gets them out of the protection zone, isolated. That's what predators do. And then they take them down. See, the solution to isolation is insulation. You've got to find a place in God's church on a team, in a group, in, a, in, a, in an activity, on a mission trip. You've got to find somewhere that you can say, for this semester, this is going to be my place. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to row the boat. I'm going to activate God's purpose and power and protection in my life. Oh, somebody give God a hand. Our calling or our front door ministry to the world. Let me give you, I'm praying now. Yeah. No, we talked about that. Go. I need, nope, I need seven things. There we go. You just made the list back there, buddy. All right, so. <laughs> Look, here's who we are. You know why? I love my church because my church is being built by Jesus. I'm saying my, I'm talking about our church, right? I love my church. And you know what? Biblically, we're doing what God has called the church to do. We're telling the world, we're reaching the lost. We open eyes, we bring light into darkness. We experience God's power. We receive forgiveness of sins and find your place. Now this, this leads us in to the next discussion about culture and discipleship and things like this. But here's what, here's what I need you to, to do, church. I need you to find where you are today. Are you here? You ready to receive Jesus? Or are you here? You need to find your place and you can do both at the very same time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.